You're a man that controls his own destiny. A man that is always in the pursuit of being better. You are in the right place. You are responsible. You are strong. You are a leader. You are a force for good. Gentlemen, you are the Alpha, and this is the Alpha Quorum. Can I bump in right now yeah, and just yeah. tell you the Red Sox just won the World Series? Did it? It's over. Five to oh, one. Wow. Four games. That's a shutdown. Yeah. Sorry, Dodgers fans. Two years in a row. That's right. Sucks. Dude, it's tough to be a Dodgers fan right now, man. Like, and they're wow. all over all those town, pitchers too. they used yesterday. Good grief. And they put one dude out. He pitched like one pitch, and they're like, no, come on. <laughs> that night, that, that, the end of that game <laughs> that last night. That some resiliency. That guy <laughs> needed to be like, uh, I got this, I got this, I got this. <laughs> he did. He needed to feel the arch in his foot. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> dude, dude's maybe, that's what, maybe that's what what's his Kimbrel's doing. I don't know, but I was like, thinking like, like when, his before labrum or something. Before, yeah. before Hobo Moped came in, I was like, maybe I'll get juiced up for the for the podcast doing one of these moves right here. <laughs> that was so funny. Give me a picture. Give me, give me a picture. On. Wait, wait, wait. So here we go. Hang on, just a second. Get in the zone. Is Can we get the in the picture? zone? Is this a picture doing this? This is the, this is the closer it's for the Kimbrel. Boston Kimbrel right here like this. this does is, this thing? He starts like this. Yeah. Just like a Jedi thing like that? Is he so, from another country? Kimbrel? He's like redhead. He's like from Ireland. Oh. Okay, go. so here, here's what I was going to say. So I'm going to go pee. Okay. So a lot of times I'll have guys in group in 12 step who have their, you know, their personal challenges, their demons, their wives are affected and their wives often don't want to be a part of that journey. Right. They have, they have, they have retracted. They've got their own journey. Yeah. So they're, they're just they're They've been attacked by him, mm-hmm. by his behavior, his choices. Mm-hmm. And so they retract, they pull away. There is no option in those moments for couples counseling. Absolutely, no, absolutely not. Yeah, so, and 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 it's not and, safe. Yeah, and there I'm on more her damage. side. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally on her side. She should go and and you know hide and do whatever she needs to do. Retreat, whatever. Get away from Regroup him. Regroup herself. Yeah. Whatever find, that find looks safety, like. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever that looks like, it's completely it's completely okay. So now he's left. He's left with this crater that he's blown into his life. This smoldering, you know, pile. Mm. And he shows up in meeting and he's got his tail between his legs and he, you know, he just thinks he's the biggest piece of crap ever. Mm -hmm. And so that's the moment where the journey begins. And so what, what you try to do, what you hope to do with these guys is to bring them to a place where you were talking about earlier, where they can begin to feel some connectedness to themselves. Mm -hmm. Yes, they've done these bad things, these series of bad things, whatever those are, whatever they look like. But at the end of the day, these guys are no less... Um, yeah. The things they've done are worthless. Absolutely. And they're not even worth discussing. Is there collateral damage? Yes. Are there? Is there hurt and pain that needs to be dealt with? Yes. But does Jesus give any less love, care, or concern? Does the salvation of this guy in jeopardy at all? No. His worth none. has never changed. His worthiness hasn't changed one bit. I have to be very careful how they say that because yeah. then people will think I'm diminishing what he's done, right. which I'm not. You're I'm not. just diminishing this the totality of the spiritual, mm-hmm. you know, the, he thinks he's ruined his, like he's going to hell. His marriage is over. They're all the, the kids are all in outer darkness. Well, that's why I have, I have guys who will take stuff to their grave. They'd rather sacrifice their own eternal air quotes, eternal salvation than own up to their behavior with their wife. 
Yeah. And until they can drop consequences. Yeah. Until they can drop all, all null or all expectations of consequences until they can get to this point where this is what happened. And I'm going to take my consequences. I think in that podcast a few times, you take your bullets Yeah, right until you, until they can get to that point. Like nothing's going to get any better. Yeah. Like they've just got to take it, own it. And then he starts looking like a grown ass man. And his wife has potential to see that. Like if there's going to be a, a resolution in that marriage, it's got to start there. Yeah. Right. That's a hundred percent where I'm yeah. at with these guys. And I, and I'll, and I'll tell them time and time again, if you take care of uh, the mess you made, irregardless of how she feels about that. And even taking some of her mess on for sure. Yeah. Because she's, she is like it or not. She's a contributor to where you ended up. Yep. Right. Yep. She might be a 10%, 20%, 50. Who knows? Who cares? Doesn't, Doesn't matter. matter. Doesn't matter. But there's no doubt that she is a small component to your dysfunction, as you are to hers, probably bigger. The math is probably more generous the other way, in her direction. That's okay. So when you, dude, you start to take care of things, you start to own what you've done, take it like a man, take her anger, take her vengeance. Mm -hmm. You stand there and you take that. You look at her and you just say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Take it. Don't don't remorse. Yep. Don't fight it. Don't excuse it. Don't like try to wiggle. There's like none of that's not being a grown ass man. That's being a child. Well, and if they if they can't do that, and if they're not doing it, I I find a lot of guys I work with when when I start with them, they're they're doing that, but they're doing it because they want to fix their marriage quickly, not because it's the right thing to do. Right. I agree. Right. They have this expectation. If I do this, they're just they're not grown ass men yet. They're they're not self-aware enough. They, yeah, you're right. Oh, they say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You just yeah. try to like get this over with and let's move yeah. on. Let's go back to normal. I just, let's just get past this. Sorry. Let's, let's move on. It doesn't work that way. But what I, here's, here's the punchline. What I see with these guys is once they agree that that's the right journey, this is the right journey for them. Then as they progress in this, their wives notice that their wives mm-hmm. notice the softening. Their mm-hmm. wives notice that they are less reactive. They want to spend time with the kids. They don't want to be at the office as much. They stop listening to the praise and the glory that they were mm-hmm. getting and, and surviving and thriving on all of those external pumps. They're now willing to get, uh, they're willing to go home and experience that, which they've been, you know, they haven't for months or months or years. So does the family notice? Does the wife notice? Does the kids notice? Yes. And he starts to feel that energy, the momentum of that energy. He, he then feeds off that. Beautiful that cycle. fuels him. Yeah. So it, you're, you're, you're spot on there because when he starts making those changes, it helps her feel safe and secure, right? It, it has potential to help her feel safe and secure. That's her own journey, but it helps. She's not feeling safe and secure if he's not doing that. Yeah. Right. And if, if, if he's not doing those things, she's going to remove herself from the marriage to make herself safe and secure. But if he's doing those things and she's feeling safe and secure, well, guess what? She starts helping him feel confident and content. And then she's willing to spend time with him, maybe show affection to him, which pumps him up. And it's this cycle that starts to spin upwardly. And once that happens and they get a taste of that, then they now are convinced they're hooked. Like they get hooked. And they don't need each other. They don't, they don't need each other at that point. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. It's just, they're very, yeah, they stand on their own together. They're more than if they stand. Absolutely. But it's a beautiful thing when each one gets to that place where they want each other, but they don't need each other. Absolutely. They want to be in each other's lives. They want to spend time together. But if one of them is feeling sad today and is shadowing, you know, kind of shining you off, the other one doesn't spiral. He doesn't like now go into the, you know, just the black hole of despair. He can handle that. He can give her a little bit of space. He can give her some grace. It's okay. All right. You want to diss me? You know, 
I'm not going to, we're in a different place now. I'm not going to panic back to where I was before. When you used to diss me, then I'd be drinking for a day. Now you diss me, and I'm okay with that. I can deal with that. There's a five-minute podcast right there. Yeah. Bonus awesome. episode right, right there. So we lighten it up and do a bonus, another bonus episode. We never even did the honey, get it on playlist. So what were you saying, Jeremy, about, so I'll cue, I'll cue you in, right? So my, like, Jeremy, you were just saying something about sexless marriages. So you were, you were saying something about sexless marriages, Jeremy? Yeah. So in sexless marriages and, and a sexless marriage is defined. How, how as, do we define sexless so marriage? So less than three times in a month. Oh, so normal. Good no. Lord. <laughs> Wait, no, that's not accurate. Sorry. Cut that out. It's less than three times in a quarter. Oh, less Wait, than three times in a quarter. I made reporting. the cut. Yeah. Three <laughs> times in a quarter, I it's made less, the cut. And you know, everyone everyone defines it a little bit differently, but most people agree if, if there's <laughs> <My> therapist <laughs> how often do you have sex per quarter? <laughs> Which was that that well that's a question. Wait a we second, have let me break ask, out my right? Excel spreadsheet where I keep track of such things. <laughs> okay, so in in a sex in a sexless marriage though, ninety five percent of the time it's the guy who's made the decision. Hmm? To be, sexist. I know, right? What? Okay, so imagine this scenario. Okay, so a guy's made the decision to be in a sexless marriage. Yes, but l- l- let's walk you through this. Okay, so women work differently than men, right? Men, it's not hard for us to to get aroused. It's not hard for us to want to have sex. It's very easy for us. We usually, generally, we want to have sex more than a woman, right? And so, if you've got that disparity in a relationship, mm-hmm. right, and the guy can just go masturbate or take care of it in other ways. He's now made the decision to create a sexless marriage because he's not putting in the work necessary to get his wife in a position where she wants to have a sexual relationship with him or a sexual experience with him. Wow. Interesting uh, perspective. I believe you. They, yeah. So like in, or like maybe she's dealing with her own issues, right? Did you say that? Like it's a conscious decision. Like the dudes well, just kind of said, if like, you were mindful and you do your meditation, it would be a conscious decision <laughs> and you wouldn't go there. So, conscious or not, it doesn't matter. So you're saying that one way or the other, consciously or subconsciously, if a dude is out there or the dudes out there listening to this Mm -hmm. that are in a sexless marriage, which is defined as we just learned as less than three times per quarter, which I just get a (laughs) kick out of that. It's you've decided to be in a sexless marriage. Yeah, because if you've stopped putting in the work, Mm -hmm. then whose decision is it? Right. Like, and that's just because women and men work differently. Fair enough. Right now, Fair if enough. you've put in all the work and it's still not happening, well, then then we need to talk to a therapist or have a broader discussion about what's going on. Uh-huh. Right. But if, if if you're putting in the work and and things don't change, then we need to talk to a therapist, go to a sex therapist, talk about those issues. But, you know, 95% of the time. So in your, in, so in your practice and Brad, you can chime in here if you want in your practice. If a couple comes in here and says, you know, we're in a, we got, we've got sexual problems in the relationship. It's usually the guy that says that, by the way. Sure. Yeah. Sure. With, and in your experience working with women one-on-one, and I don't know how often you guys work with women one-on-one. Every day. Every day. Every day. And they're going to be telling you this, that I don't want to do it because my husband doesn't fill in the blank. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I feel empty. I feel alone. I, I don't feel, feel safe. Work. Yep. I don't feel safe. He's done these other things. I, I don't trust where he's at. Um, or you know, or even something as simple as, I'm with the kids all day. I'm cooking. I'm cleaning. He comes home and sits on the couch. I'm exhausted. 
All right. Well, I don't want to put in the effort to be so, like, what about me? Right. Okay. So if he was to put in the effort, you know, uh, this is a, this is a very complex issue and I'm making it very simple. No, I Which agree. Is all I, we can understand. Yeah. All, all right. right. <laughs> <laughs> We're so, alphas here. We're not brain surgeons. All right. There's a big difference. So no, but, right, that's an, that's an interesting uh, statistic that to, for the audience to ponder that if, if they're in this situation, the nice thing about that. I mean, as, as upsetting as it must be to be in a sexless marriage, the nice thing to know if you're listening to this is, is you have complete control to turn th- this around. Yeah, have you ever seen the episode of Seinfeld where George Costanza is like, I'm going to do exactly the opposite of all my, <laughs> like, whatever my instincts tell me to do, I'm going to do the exact opposite. Have you ever seen that? I have a confession. That? I've never seen one episode of Seinfeld. Oh, my word. Have Not you one. ever seen that episode of Seinfeld? I probably have. I can't. All right. There's it. an episode of Seinfeld where George is complaining about something. I don't, I don't know what it was, but he's like, all my instincts are 100% wrong. So I'm going to do <laughs> exactly the opposite of what my instincts tell me to do. It probably worked out really well for him. Yeah. Really, job yeah, yeah. with the New York Yankees. Uh-huh. He got a new apartment and he got a new hot girlfriend all by doing the opposite of what his instincts are told him to do. And there's probably that's the reason it's probably it's funny is because there's truth in that. So if you're listening to this and you're in a situation like this, guys, you've got complete a, control over super, this. I've got a challenge for you, Derek. Go ahead. Use the word hot. I want you to replace that word. I do this with my teenagers. I work with all the time. Like, oh, she's so hot. I hate that word because to me that means I would I wouldn't mind having a purely physical relationship with her. Replace it with like, beautiful, whatever. I don't smart. care. Smart. Edit this out. Lovely. <laughs> no, nobody <laughs> says that. I just, I, I'm about ready to call Brad hot right now. Just, <laughs> just, just <laughs> cut oh, it there. Oh my god. Those are two really good segments. So, Jeremy, to your point earlier that you were making, I have found as I you know talk to talk to these guys when they complain about their wives, so they'll say, "Well, the reason I uh, go to strip clubs or hookers or you know whatever really uh, dysfunction they have, sexual dysfunction." Is this? I mean, listen, coming this is coming from a guy who's spent a grand total of about ten minutes in a strip club in his entire life. Is this a real common? Yeah, guys will tell me all the time. The reason I massage go to massage my, parlors. Yeah, massage parlors. Yeah. Oh, that's probably number one. Yeah, yeah. I, hear really? that, I hear that at least a my few wife times a week. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah, my wife doesn't touch. No me. ideas here, Derek. No, I, <laughs> I'm just blown away. I, I, Mrs. Johnson, if you see a charge for heavenly massage on Spring Mountain, no, it'll be like ABC Enterprise. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> ABC. These guys know way too much about this right here. Like, it'll be like weird thing about car parts. You never work about, on a car. Uh, Why do you go to the auto parts store so much? much. <laughs> about mopeds like ABC Enterprise. Yeah. <laughs> Got a lot of charges on here from ABC uh, Enterprise. Yeah, exactly. Why are you at the auto parts store at 9 p.m. every Thursday night? What is that? Get my oil check, dear. So these dudes, when they say, like, I go to I go to massage parlors or whatever, and they will, you, you, you scratch on that a little bit, and they will say, well, it's because my wife is not, you know, sexual with me. She doesn't touch me. We don't have any intimacy, those things. And then I am interested in, like, all right, why don't you... By then, I kind of maybe know a little bit about them. Mm-hmm. And I might say something like, maybe... A very hot 75, 80, 90 percent of that is is really on you. Why don't you walk me through what you're like at home? Why don't you? And I maybe have an understanding of that. And you can challenge these guys a little bit, and 
begin to what, like what you're saying, uh, Jeremy. If you break down sort of like the the magic that happens between a man and a woman in a normal relationship, none of that's happening. He's not doing any of that. He's just he's expecting sex because he's not because a grown ass contract. man. Yep. yep. Hey, baby, it's Wednesday. You know what that means? It's business time. <laughs> <laughs> Which how how ridiculous is that? So she is cold. She is frigid. Like she should yes, be. She is, and she should be. And I have no problem with because she she's is. an emotional being. Yes. Yep. He is a complete, you know, piece of garbage in terms of like trying to woo her, seduce her. Like none of that. None of that magic is happening. He's, well, he's not doing anything. I think a lot of that goes back to porn too. If they if they're under a certain age, there's an expectation there too. They've just been supplementing it for a long time anyway. So it's easy to not, it's easy to not put in the work. If I can just go in the bathroom and take care of myself, like why would I do the things that my wife needs to want to be sexual with? Yeah. Me? That's the ultimate no strings attached. Yep. So her frigidity is really, um, really is, is, is a result of sort of his mm-hmm. boorishness, mm-hmm. his terrible behavior and terrible management of her emotional life. Mm-hmm. He has no clue that the, her sexual reaction goes to the way he, you know, um, did or didn't maybe do some household chores or the way he did or didn't take care of the kids. Like those, that foreplay started three days ago. The foreplay Serious. for tonight started three days ago. Yeah, I always tell guys that foreplay starts the second one sexual encounter ends. Foreplay has to start right then. Absolutely. It looks like washing the dishes, playing with the kids. That's a hashtag right there. Hashtag <laughs> the foreplay, foreplay starts when, what did you when say? Sec, when one sexual experience ends or when sex ends. So for the sexless couple, that's a month's worth of foreplay for <laughs> it wouldn't, I don't know if it would be that long if he'd be doing his work. Really, it's true. Yeah. And if the dude wants to have the next one, then he starts putting in the, the, the slow pro, it's a slow burn. Without the expectation. He's got to do it because it's the right thing to do, not because he wants to get laid. Very careful point. Very, yeah. very good point. Yeah. If he, though, in the back of his mind, he's doing all this so because what he's hoping for the payoff that's a business and it doesn't happen. So the, the, the prize... That guy's a jerk. Yeah. yeah. So the, the prize is that just so that the prize isn't necessarily the sex. The prize is that his wife is feeling um, her needs are comfortable, safe, and secure, safe, secure, and the sex is a byproduct. It's of, the fruit of that. Exactly. Okay. So, and that's that's actually a helpful kind of point to make is that the sex has got to be the byproduct of whatever. Can't be the expectation. The, the, rest, the other magic. Okay. Right? That's the other magic. All right. Well, that's good to know. So if you're, again, I keep saying this, I keep hammering this, but I think this is really good stuff. If you're out there and you're listening and you're a sexless marriage, you guys, you have complete control over this. Like this is on you. I know you believe, and we've all been in that position where we think it's our partner's fault or it's their problem, or they're the reason. And Jeremy has just told us that the opposite is true. But that's that's super hard for guys to be like, they've got to break through some walls to get that reflective and understand that they're the problem. They usually need a few good punches in the face from somebody like me, Mike, or Brad. They need, they need something to help pull them out of that childlike infantile, infantilism. Um, they're, they're just so immature there. So when you say, let's just say for the sake of this conversation, I walk in there and I'm sitting on your couch or do you have them lie down? They can do whatever they want. Sometimes (laughs) they lay down. 
Really? And if like, they do, I, man, I'm laying down on my couch. I'm <laughs> I'm getting comfy. Man, Shut the front door. I don't, I don't wear shoes in my office. I don't, man, my office is all about comfort. So uh, some like hot dogs and sweat. Yeah. <laughs> like a popcorn machine in there. Like a cotton candy maker. Cotton candy. <laughs> so, just, so they lay down on the couch. You lay down on the couch. And I'm saying like, so Jeremy, I'm having this problem in my, my marriage and I map it out for you. I, yeah, there'd have to be lots of digging first. And, and you, so you come to the conclusion, all right, Derek fits in the 95% that he's made this decision. And you're telling me, so this guy needs... <laughs> when he does that, that's... Sorry, man. Sorry. <laughs> that's all I got. We're right going now. back to the beginning of... what I don't even know when we're going to cut that in, but uh, Brad just put chapstick on his it's lips. It's my wife's chapstick. Don't mess with me. It, it's the one that looks like the little blue egg. So... <laughs> That's beta chapstick is what that is. That's a beta chapstick. So you say I got to get punched in the face. Hang on. So I'm laying there. I've just spilled my guts to you. You've made the clinical diagnosis that, okay, yes, Derek has made the decision, whether conscious or unconscious, to sabotage his own sexual um, experience or sex life. And you've decided, all right, I got to punch this dude in the face and get him to wake up to the fact that he is the problem. Just like the story I shared earlier where I figured that on myself. All right, I'm the guy. You're going to tell me you're the problem. You need to get punched in the face. Pull your head out of your ass. What is it you're going to say? Basically that. Uh, I mean, okay. I, I, that's I, a good punch in there. Maybe it, I'm it, in the wrong business. It, it yeah. really depends on, on, on the client for sure. Sometimes <laughs> I have to I walk around it, but I mean, most guys, I can be that direct with them. And how do they respond? Generally, they respond okay. Sometimes they get a little angry, and that's okay too because that just gives me more information to work on. There's something else there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes they cry because they're like, you know, I have one guy that just, you know, yells out swear words every time I say stuff like that because I'm right and he hates it. And, but it, it, but sometimes, sometimes they won't get it. So I'll just be like, all right, look, until you're ready to accept this or at least accept that this might be true, I don't want to see you again. This is a waste of my time, your time, my time and your money. So, like I just laid out there, just uh, got to be direct. Sales one hundred and one. That's the takeaway. I like yeah. that. So you, you do away from the negotiation. Yep. Right. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna sit there and baby you anymore. I'm not gonna sit there and and you know you're a man. I'm telling you what the issue is, and I'm gonna walk you through it as your partner in this, and as your teammate, and as your coach. But if you don't want to play, go the hell home. Like I. Okay, no, maybe not. Maybe you can come just sit on my couch for one hundred twenty-five dollars an hour, and just let me stare at you. But that's unethical, right? Like, but I use that sometimes too. I'm like, feel free to keep coming and paying me a hundred dollars a session when you don't want to do any work, and that usually gets them going and thinking a little bit. But when it when it comes to the investment, I wanted to share something. I, I tell a lot of people about the five love languages. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that. It's oh, a sure, yeah. it's a book. I, is I, one uh, is one of the love languages sandwiches. I'm pretty sure yeah, my love language is yeah, yeah. acts of service and yeah. acts of service yeah. sandwiches. Yeah. That's my love language sandwiches. <laughs> sandwiches. That's right. <laughs> anyway, so I used to ask people to read this book, and they the, the men never did. The men would never read the book. So anyway, I learned to learn to describe the whole thing in about ninety seconds. Basically, this is Gary Chapman. He um, this is like one of the best selling books of all time of any type. But anyway. He says that people feel loved in different ways. Um, he, he uses the analogy of different languages, and you got to be speaking the language of your partner. So yours may be physical touch, which is one of the five. Hers may be words of affirmation. And instead of telling her how beautiful she is and whatever you said, gosh, you look fat in those sweatpants. Why didn't you? Cl- why is there still dishes in the sink? And you know why are the kids still crying? Um, 
you really just you really just emptied her tank. I forget if he uses tank or bank. Anyway, you got to fill the bucket. You got to make deposits. And he talks about this with uh, with. So here here are the five words of affirmation, quality time, acts of service, gifts. Which I find out of twenty years, almost no one really puts gifts as their top love language. That's mine. Is it? Mm-hmm. It's a low percentage, maybe five percent, very few. But what we well, one that changes too. Your, your love language changes, change, right? Yeah. So if if you're trying to make investments in her, if you're trying to inspire something in her to make her more feeling more of the sexy time, I like that little framework is just a way to say, all right, do you know what it is? Do you know what language you even need to be speaking to her? Because you might be out there working in the yard all day and cleaning up things and working twelve hour days and, and doing things that you that's showing that love, she needs. Yeah. But what she might need is something completely different. She yeah, I think he calls it mirroring. mirroring. What, are you mirroring your love, her love language? Right. Right. Which I guess, it, you know, you have to know what it is first. Right. So, again, going back to the love, love languages, there's there's five. Five. So what are they? The sandwiches, that's gifts. Or acts of service. Acts of service. So helping me do things, you know. That's, acts that's of service one is one. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. yours. Yeah, acts of service. Jeremy, yours is sandwich gifts, right? Gifts and then physical touch because they rank them from top to bottom. So, okay. Is, and yours is service. Well, and he says you kind of have t- two. So yeah. me is words of affirmation and acts of service. So words of affirmation. Compliments. Is physical touch or uh, uh, gifts and physical touch. And then quality time is the last one. Mike, hobo moped. Time and touch. Time, time and touch. touch. Touch me with time, and I'm yours, baby. <laughs> what, mine is sandwiches and laughing at my dumb jokes. Which is that? Words of affirmation. Words, words of yeah, affirmation. Right. You need words. Mrs. Johnson, right, so if you're watching like this, that. laugh at my dumb jokes, and I know you love me. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Do you, do you use that five love languages? Also, like I, his I, needs, her needs. I he do. I do love language. languages a little bit. I just I have a hard time with that book because I feel like it really. He's not intentionally doing this, but sometimes couples get into the whole reciprocity. Right. If I do if this, this why then you'll, you, you do you'll this. Do this. For me. No, that's yeah. like that's I, the whole you do it because it's the right thing to do, yeah. not because yeah, you're not, trying to get something in return. Go, this is not a transaction. I really like, um, and this is, I call it the woman manual and the man manual um, for men only and for women only. Oh, okay. Those books are great. Right on. I love for men only because it basically, that whole last discussion about sex is in there. And it tells you here's seven. Th- it's basically here's seven things you need to do for your wife to want to be emotionally available for you. Mm. I love that book. I love it. One episode we got to talk about the actual act of sex. I think in 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 decent terms, but I think so many guys in the actual when she's down. I mean she's she's naked. And now what? And I don't mean talking about super specific things, but one day I think we ought to talk about uh, you know like how to handle business. You know how to take just. Can I be absent on that day? How a gentleman, <laughs> how bring a somebody gentleman to handles the act of lovemaking. So we say lovemaking. Yep, love we make. use words that are very sophisticated. Right. We can have this conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. in a sophisticated way. Right, and it's not crude or whatever. It's not crude, it's not, cr- it's not crass. But I am um, aware, because I'll have these. So like I'll have guys do their step five. You know what mm-hmm. step five is. So mm-hmm. step four and 12 step is where you write down, you record, you, you take an exhaustive journey through your personal life. And you write down all of the, you know, just all the douchebaggery that, that you've got accumulated in your life. Okay, so you're just emptying out your... Oh, it's usually pages and pages and pages and pages. pages yeah. yeah. So you're just like, oh, yeah, and when I was 17, I, you know, did this and whatever. And so you just you just record all this out. It's very cathartic, very, very helpful. 
And then step five is where you go and you speak this out. You, you present this list to another person and you, you read that and you discuss it with somebody who's a very, you know, obviously trusted advisor. So it could be your bishop, or your counselor, or your, your sponsor, mentor, sponsor your coach, in this case, sponsor, whatever it is. You pick, you decide. But it's somebody you know who's going to hold that in confidence and is going to be able to carry you through the emotional collapse that you're going to maybe experience in all this. And so I've had guys tell me that they don't know how to make love to their wife. Mm-hmm. They know how to like have sex. They know how to do these, you know, mechanical acts. Bang. <laughs> but they don't know how to make love. They don't know how to. And I, I feel awkward asking them this, but I'll say, how long does it? I guess I do ask them this. It's awkward for me. How long does a typical sexual encounter last? And mm. they'll say six, eight, nine, ten minutes. I'm oh. like, dude, have you never had a two-hour, three-hour mm-hmm. sexual encounter? And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, my God. What? Because <laughs> to them, it's just about the, 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 the orgasm. Jonathan's taking notes, guys. Keep yeah. it up. He's on the phone. He's Instead of using it to share love and, a, and, and, yeah. Yes. They're not taking care of her. They're not... She, man, she's got to feel special. Yes. Yeah. Like, if you can't remember the last time it went for three hours, and I don't just mean rah, 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 for three hours, yeah. but like the, the whole, whole thing, thing. Yep. from like, from, from dinner, from first yep. smooch, yep. you know, from the first hug, the first smooch until you're asleep. Or the buildup all day. All day. Yeah. Where yes. you're just building and building and building. Yes. Yes. So if you're not having the daytime foreplay mm-hmm. and then if you're not occasionally now who has the life that can have like a three hour you know lovemaking session right. but if that's not happening once a month or often like if you can't remember the last time dude you're doing it wrong absolutely absolutely that is a conversation worth having yeah it is hey I maybe we're having it what if well, consider this what if we invited women to that conversation oh i don't know i'd want that that'd be I think it, I like the idea of in general. Right? I like having women guests in general, but I don't know about that one. But maybe like do that separately. I'm, I gotta like, be honest with you. I'm a little there. afraid of alpha women. So <laughs> what if we like that would be like not in the same not the same episode, but like just have a woman on and, and talk to her about like, okay, so open the doors, tell us after she's heard ours. So we'll Absolutely. do ours, yeah, and then we yep. can ask this, a woman. Uh, we can ask a specifically trusted woman. Please listen to this, and then will you come on? You have to pick that woman. Yeah. <laughs> My wife would probably be okay with that. Actually, That's I like that. I like that idea for a mini episode of us brainstorming future episodes. I like the behind scenes stuff, kind of like yeah. the Thirty Rock stuff, where yeah. we're brainstorming. Yeah, I think that's a good of... idea, so that because I'd like to get the audience more involved in you know what topics we discuss yeah. in the future, yeah. what guests we have, and I'm always interested in the story behind the story. Right, right. right. You know, I always yeah. watch like the shows that are like the you know. Like 30 behind, Rock, behind for lack scenes, of it, yeah. you know, for because that's what's on the brain right yeah. now is, you know, it's kind of the show. I got a guy I want to bring in that you guys, hopefully he'll be at Man Rich, man. Okay. Hey, uh, here's another mini episode. I'll tell you how, uh, I'll tell you a crazy story about me and Mrs. Johnson. Did I ever tell you the story about um, Mrs. Johnson? And she's going to be so upset when I tell the story because, oh, well, whatever. But I've ever told you the story about Mrs. Johnson and the Jello salad. Uh, I may have. I don't know. Have you heard, this, have you heard the story? I haven't heard that. All right. So this is before we had gotten married. Um, I had come up. I was living in California at the time, and um, we were just friends. We had dated a little bit, but we had not like exclusive couple or anything like that. But I had come up with a friend of mine because he was playing in a poker tournament, and he said, "Hey, um, 
you know, do you think Mrs. Johnson, this is before she was Mrs. Johnson, but do you think she'd let me stay at her house while I play this poker tournament over the weekend? I said, no, I don't ask her. So he Facebooks her and she says, I see if Derek wants to come up. I said, sure. So I came up from, I was living in, uh, out by the Ontario airport, if you know where that is. Anyway, I was, uh, I came up with him and we spent the weekend at her house. And one of the days her family came over for dinner and uh, she made as part of the dinner this jello pretzel salad have you ever had that yes okay cream like, cheese and yeah so it's the pretzel crust mm. with the cre- jeremy's over here yeah, having salivating <laughs> he's over here having a Stuff having a moment so take as much time with as some, you need with some berries <laughs> in i'll it. pick up the story when you're done mm. you're good you all done you good hold on just right. a few more so seconds she, <laughs> she made make sure that you don't edit any of his <laughs> food orgasm out okay so okay you will learn if you talk to my wife once i have lots of food anytime somebody says a food I like, I go into it. I'm just like, mm. oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking sex sounds over there. I'm talking about Jello salad. So, so she makes this Jello pretzel salad. She puts it down on the table in in uh, in front. Oh, of me. I have heard this. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I, I told you this story. Yeah. So um, I I looked at it. I said, "Did you make that?" And she said, "Yeah, I made that." And I said, "That's so weird that you would make that." And she said, "Why is that?" Well, my grandma, who had just died like six months before, with whom I was very close, I was very close to this grandma, used to make this Jello pretzel salad for everything, like every Christmas, every birthday, every Thanksgiving. Every it's the only thing anybody could ever make that would make me think of my grandma, much less anybody else. And she had made it. I said, that's so weird that you would make that. And I told her why. She's like, that is weird. But ever since I knew you were coming up here, I felt like I had to make this for dinner. And then she said, do you want to hear the weirdest part? And I said, what's that? She goes, I've never made it before. Dang. We got, we got married three weeks later. (laughs) That's awesome. Like we had like literally like when when we had gotten married, I think. We had been in each other's like physical presence like 10 days. I think that beats my Gilmore Girls story. Wow. Well, it does beat your Gilmore Girls story because there was no dishonesty. (laughs) I didn't lie. That's all pure love. It was like just kidding. It was like. Oh, man. So, yeah. No, we we ended up like maybe a week after that got a marriage license and two weeks after that we got married and then i called my parents the next day and i said hey mom and dad i got married yesterday that was my wedding day right there so hey i'm all about like getting rid of all the foo-foo stuff and just doing it you got a business gentlemen you are the alpha and this is the alpha quorum